Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 41 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. I do have some quick announcements real quick about a new show that just started on YouTube called Rebellious UFOlogy, and that's hosted by Lynn Wallington, the host of Spaced Out Radio. Um, so every day at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Rebellious UFOlogy, join Lynn Wallington as she goes over the daily list of UFO podcasts and shows. You'll find only out not only which shows will be on that day, but at what time, what topic they'll be discussing, and where you can find them. In addition, Lynn will also have other shows throughout the week to discuss topics such as ET experiences and everything related to UFOlogy. So check her out on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and join the Rebellion. Lynn is a great host, so make sure you go check her out. That just started this past week. Um, excellent, and it gives you an idea of all the podcasters and different shows going on in the community. And as for our show today, we have a very, very special guest. We have Terry Lynch, who is a MUFON State Director, a MUFON Star Team member. She is also the host of United MUFON, and she is also a MUFON field investigator. So we'll be talking to her about some of her work that she's been doing through MUFON because she is definitely one of the top guns in the field. Also, she is a contactee, so we'll be diving into her stories that got her involved in UFOlogy in the first place. So we have an, a very interesting show for you this week. So strap on them seatbelts. We're going for a ride. All right, welcome to episode 41 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today's episode is sponsored by All Things UFO Facebook group and Gypsy Days clothing line, which will be coming real soon. And today I'm sitting here with our special guest, Terry. Terry, how are you doing today? Hi, doing great. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Absolutely. Um, you have a, an impeccable background, starting with MUFON. Um, it looks like you're a part of it in every which way possible, which is absolutely amazing. I'm a big supporter of MUFON, as I am a field investigator and a fellow co-worker of yours. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. This is great. And I'm so proud of what you're doing. As a certified field investigator, you're very active and you're doing a great job. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, I think it's important to get out and educate the people, especially the younger generation, because I am part of that, um, to get them involved when they grow up and get older. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about you and, and uh, how you got involved in the field and what got you started. Um, I know you're a contactee, so I would love to hear about it. Sure. Um, let's see what we have time for today. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to do an A and B program or something. But I got involved with uh, MUFON because I had had an experience in 1979 that was so powerful, so enigmatic that it um, caused me to block it pretty much. And I didn't talk about it. I had shared with my mother the night that it happened. And I was working with Honeywell Aerospace in Clearwater, Florida. And she said to me, if you ever want to be hired back again, because I was on layover for the Gemini project into the Minuteman project and um, or the other way around. And so I was 
hoping to go back. And then I had this experience and she said, people will think you're a nut if you share anything about UFOs. So don't say anything. So of course, being a good kid, I listened to my mother and I didn't say anything. And then, you know, years went by and in 2008, now this was 1979, I had the experience. Um, and in 2008, I'm sitting on my couch and I heard an audible voice, male audible voice say to me, go to the computer, report your sighting. And 29 years earlier came back to me like it was yesterday. And I got up and I said, okay. And I walked to the computer and I sat down and I said, gee, I don't even really know how to do that. And I typed in report a UFO and up came MUFON. <laughs> And that is actually how I got started. So no one told me about it. I'd never even heard of it. And a voice came to me and told me to do that. So I was definitely led to MUFON. And so I made my report. I saw a report of UFO. So I reported it like I was told. And then I made a copy of it. I talked to, I think it was James Carrion and Bland Pugh in Florida. Um, I spent a little bit of time telling them what had happened. I told them I was somewhat traumatized by it because, you know, I had seen an extraterrestrial, but I wasn't sure. And they were probing me, but I was embarrassed to tell too much. I felt really stupid because I thought, you know, they know this isn't real. You know, this is, right. this was probably, you know, what happened to me was probably something that's never going to happen to anybody else. You know, I didn't believe in extraterrestrials. I didn't believe in anything, not flying saucers, nothing. And I wasn't a person who watched all of those programs that or read any of the books. So for me, it was really bizarre. And so I did what I was told. I made a copy of, you know, what I sent to them and, and, I remembered what we had said and wrote down some notes, and then I filed it. Two years later in 2010, I'm sitting on the couch again. I'm looking at a magazine, and I hear the same audible voice say to me, go to the computer, revisit your citing account. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, there's that voice again. So I got up and I went to the computer and I thought, no, it started with an M. I think it was Muffin or something. I couldn't remember because again, I had never spoke about it again. I just did what it told me to and then I never mentioned it. And I was a very strong Christian. I was in the worship team. I was teaching the children at church. You know, I was there three times a week. I was working in all kinds of other, you know, Christian type of ministries. And so, you know, my mind wasn't on MUFON or UFOs. So when I did go back uh, to the computer, I got up again and said, okay, I went and I pulled the file that I had, I knew I had uh, done in 2008. And I said, oh yeah, MUFON. So I put, you know, MUFON.com in and it came up and I was led to the, the one area that said become a field investigator. Wow. And I thought, become a field investigator. Why would I want to do that? And I clicked, become a field investigator. And then it asked me for money. So I paid. And then it <laughs> sent me a test and I took it and I passed. And then I just, every day I kept moving forward going, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I had never heard of anyone, no one 
in ufology. I couldn't have told you who anybody was. And all of a sudden, I'm in. <laughs> and, and then the business part of me, uh, the secretarial, the management part of me took over. And I said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. right. And so you know, I started building, uh, I found out that in Florida at the time, there were no meetings. And they might have one every six months, but you couldn't count on it. And, you know, <clears throat> so I thought, okay, we need meetings. So I created 18 meetings in the state of Florida by driving from one end of it to the other and wow. going into libraries and creating uh, groups. And then I would find somebody that wanted to become a field investigator and then wanted to move up into the position of SSD and all that. So that's how I got involved in MUFON. And then with no effort at all, I was moved up to um, SSD, ASD, state director. And when I was an ASD, I was approached by the board to join, and I did. And so I saw this progression within three years I was on the board. And um, I had nothing to do with it, nothing at all. <laughs> wow. Just happened. That's incredible how that happened, the synchronicities and the way it just led you to this. And, and look and look at what you're involved in now. I mean, you're a big part of MUFON, you know, and you do the United MUFON now too, correct? Yes, I do United MUFON because, you know, COVID hit and I wanted to find a way to reach people who did not have state directors in their states and we're still wondering about MUFON. And I encourage people that have state directors to support their state directors and go to their meetings, even if they're online or if they're in person. But I would also like to encourage those who don't know much about us to join United MUFON because I explain what we do and how we get our certifications and you know how we do what we do out in the field. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I always recommend for people that don't have meetings in their area to check out United MUFON because it is the best way to find out what we're doing and stay updated on the new projects that are coming out and investigations that are happening all the time. And, and the guests that you have on are amazing. I mean, it's great information that comes out. Well, thank you. Yeah, I try to stick with just MUFON people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so did you continue having experiences while you were in MUFON? Oh, yes. I've had experiences since I was about five years old. And I've really had a, you know, a like a panoply of experiences, you know, a complete splendid array of them from spiritual, demonic, angelic, extraterrestrial, and even cryptoid. I've had so many experiences and they span over my entire life from about the age of five years old. I mean, that's when I could really clearly remember things, you know, I did have some experiences when I was younger, but they're a little bit harder for me to get all of what happened because I was so young. I really had a hard time understanding things. And to me, this was very normal. So my normal life was a very paranormal life. And the extraterrestrial contact didn't start until uh, what I was sharing with you in 1979. So I was like 27 years old when they introduced themselves to me in a manner that changed everything. Because now my spirituality, I had to take a look at that. I had to take a look at who I was and what I was saying and what I was doing and the fact that there was so much more to the picture. And the most beautiful thing about it really was that the whole experience in 79, I was talking to the Lord through the whole thing. 
I was like, Lord, you got to be kidding me. This can't be happening to me. And if it is, then you've allowed it to happen because you want me to understand that there's more here than what meets the eye. There's so much more here than what I've been taught. I didn't learn this from church. I didn't learn this from school. You know, I haven't learned this through, um, you know, the tech programs I took. I've never heard any of this. And so as I was walking through that whole extraterrestrial experience, which was, believe me, a full gamut of uh, conundrums for me, um, I was able to acquiesce that this is the normal. This is the truth. This is what you're not being told. And so then I had to look at the government. Why aren't we being taught these things? You know, so my whole life changed and uh, I had to understand this new, you know, experience and what it was uh, bringing me to the paths it was leading me down. So that was that was hard because in those you know years, no one else that I knew personally had really anything to do with any of it, except my mother, which I found out after my experience that my mother had seen extraterrestrials and had seen ships on her houseboat and different things like that. So then I knew they were real because if my mother's seen them and she's not a liar, you know, I could trust my mother. Right. And and then I found out through holding MUFON meetings in Melbourne, Florida, one of the 18 um, meetings that I started, my oldest brother who lived in Satellite Beach, which is close to Melbourne, came to my meeting and told me that when he was nine years old, he was contacted. Wow. And I thought, oh, my God, mom's had him and you've had him. And then I was on a date night with my son in 2012, Joshua, and we both had an experience. So the whole family is kind of involved. And I have a granddaughter who is pretty sure she's had an experience, but she is afraid to talk about it right now. So I don't stress her or press her to, you know, give us any more information than that. But, right. um, you know. I had to describe a way of overcoming the difficulties of what I had encountered, and it was no easy task. So, um, and there you have it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a lot to go through. I'm an experiencer myself, so I can definitely relate with that. Um, and one right. of the big things that we hear a lot is that that whole aspect, like you talked about, you know, being religious your whole life and then having these things happen and you question everything. Could you kind of explain how you got through that and, and what all came with that? Sure. Uh, how I got through it was what most people would call prayer. And I just sat and prayed about it and said, you know, you got to be kidding me, Lord. You know, what is all this? It's not even really clear in the Bible, but there are some things in the Bible you know, Ezekiel and different things in the Old Testament that do talk about odd and strange things. And that, of course, when you look at the things that are in the throne room of God himself, you know, the being with all the eyes and all these things, I'm like, okay, we don't have those here, you know, and these things are really bizarre. And so I thought, okay, let me just open my mind. I'm going to trust you wherever you lead me, but it's only going to be you that's going to lead me. I'm not going to read people's books. I'm not going to trust what others say because I can't really trust them. I don't know if they're telling me the truth. And quite frankly, I heard quite a few stories that were very, uh, they, they did not resonate, to be honest. And so I was very careful, you know, what I allowed myself to listen to. But through prayer, I just kept saying, you know, 
God, you're so much greater than I ever thought you were here. I just thought you were this. Now I see that you're that, you know, you've not only created all the sand on the sea and all the stars in the sky, but you've created planets and, and, um, cosmoses and universes all throughout. And it's so much bigger than what we thought. And, you know, it's just uh, grandiose on scale. And, and so then as I would walk through different experiences in the future, I would constantly again say, you know, Lord, you've allowed me to experience this. So you're showing me that we have quite the conundrum here. And there is so much more that meets the eye. And it's overpowering because, you know, it wasn't just extraterrestrials. I was actually having, you know, demonic and angelic experiences as well throughout my life. And, um, you know, the Nephilim are written of in the Bible and, you know, they gave birth to the, um, the giants, you know, that we had. And I'm like, gosh, you know, this is a, this is huge. People need to hear this. And so that's when I started really going out and telling my story, what happened to me. And, you know, I'm not saying other people's stories aren't real. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying many of them are, but there's a lot of people that are sharing things that are not true. And that creates difficulties for those of us who are true seekers, because we just want the truth and nothing but the truth, you know, so help us God. And sometimes that's hard to get but to answer your question in a in a minute is that it made me a firm believer that you know there is more to this life than what meets the eye yeah absolutely um and what i I mean we get people all the time especially uh, me myself when i go to conferences we'll have people that are really religious come up to me and say you know how do you believe this how do you if you're so religious how do you jump from that aspect to believing in something like this mm-hmm. um, what, what what would be something you would say to somebody that that asked a question such as that i would say you know do you believe in god and most people say yes i do and i'd say well why would you you can't see him do you believe that there's air in your nostrils you can't see it but you're breathing it and without it you're dead i love it you know we we are in a spiritual realm here. And I do believe that each one of us, every soul, my soul, your soul, and every person you know's soul is here where we are humans on a spiritual journey. That is a fact. And we're spiritual first, but then we're human. And then um, we are experiencers of the life that we've been given and every one of us has a very different life a different path we've had different parents we come from different countries we speak differently some of us know differently some of us have high iqs some of us low iqs we're really not created alike we're not really the same we're similar but we're not the same people say oh well, we're all the same we're all connected really i don't think so i'm not connected to some things you know and some people but i'm connected to all that is good and true and so you know as we look at it from that perspective and we we understand that this is a journey life is a journey from the cradle to the grave and what we do here takes us to the next phase we know for certain we don't die We know for certain we don't die. We are energy. Energy doesn't die. It transforms. And so we transform into a lighter energy, a different energy, a more powerful energy 
depending on what we gain here. So if you gain nothing here, and I know a lot of people who have lived into their 90s and uh, they haven't learned much. You know, they're still narrow minded and, you know, judgmental and yes, sometimes absolutely. crude and ugly and rude. You know, they haven't learned to love. I know so many of those, it's just absolutely sickening. And then there's others who have only lived to like 20 and 30 and they understand love. They understand that we're pouring ourselves out for each other. You know, we're here to support and love and edify and encourage one another. It's a long process life, you know, and some of us get old like me <laughs> and, and we watch all these changes even on our own faces. And it's like, yikes, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't think I signed up for this, but obviously I did. I'm here, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm so happy that I found MUFON. You know, it's changed my life in all the best ways possible. Um, it yes. sounds like it has for you as well. Um, so it's great to hear that. Um, so have you had any recent experiences that are up to date, like within the past year or two? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, we've only been here two years. And just before we do, we have time before the break to go into that. Uh, yeah, or? we got about six minutes. Oh, OK. Well, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so we were my husband and I had um, uh, been sitting out on our back porch and we were uh, in a lanai by the pool and we were uh, facing south. And I was looking at my husband and talking to him, and he was just looking out towards the south. And um, we were both on the chaise lounges, and all of a sudden he jumped up and he said, oh, my God, did you see that light? And I said, no. And this is just in uh, 2020. And I said, no. And he said, my God, he said, um, it was so bright. It moved so fast. And I said, oh. Okay. And then I knew we're having a, an experience here. And I said, let me turn my chair. So I moved my chair to look down south the way he was. And we were sitting there and we were both laughing. Well, now that I'm looking, nothing's going to happen. And about the time I got that out of my mouth, the most beautiful craft went over our home and it was very low, very low. And it had multiple colors, but it, it sped over us so fast. And I had never seen a multicolored craft. And this thing was just literally, and it was gone. It went over us. And then my husband could see, um, and I was able to see a huge, bright white, like, it, it, it almost looked like it blew up or something. Like there was another craft coming out of the um down south of the clouds. And it just, it moved so fast. But we were mesmerized. We couldn't even speak as this craft went over us and it was heading towards the uh, east end of Florida. We're, we were on the west side of Florida, on the Gulf of Mexico side, and it was heading over to you know the Atlantic side. And I thought, oh my goodness, that thing went so fast, it wasn't even funny. And being a certified field investigator, you know, I thought, well, I'm just gonna do this case myself. I was also the state director. And I thought, I'll just do this case myself because I mean, it was amazing, right? Absolutely. but we didn't get a picture, nothing like that. But as we were speaking about it, it literally went over the house. That's crazy. And it was beautiful. Absolutely. It's just stunning. It's as if it knew that you wanted to see them and you kind of showed up when you turned to look. <laughs> yeah. And we were leaving that very month we were leaving, you know, so it was pretty interesting. We were moving to Tennessee, which is where I live now. 
Okay. So did uh, was it a circle craft, triangular craft? Was it was it? a circle craft, and underneath it, it uh, have you ever seen the old game Simon? Simon, no, I don't. Maybe not. You're pretty young. Um, yeah, that was like back in the 70s or 80s, but um, it had like blue and yellow and uh, white and a little bit of red, and it was spinning so fast, the colors were like one color, but still separate, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's incredible. And it went so fast, and we both saw it identically, and we both said, my God, what did you see? What was that? You know, and we knew it was a crap, but we just didn't know what kind. Then we went on the internet to look at what we had seen, and we found several people who had relayed the exact same craft and it was shooting so fast it was the blink of an eye but it came and it came low which and no sound nothing didn't didn't make any of the trees move it just shot so quick and I guess they just wanted me to know they were there you know and and I thought okay because we you know, we had been talking about our move and things that were ha going to be happening. We we had been to a conference and we were talking about a lot of things. And then there it was. Wow, that's incredible. How big was the craft? Do you know? I'm going to say it was probably about 45 feet around, you know, circularly, completely around 45 feet. Right. Wow. And, and did, it, did you hear any, any sounds or any uh, magneticness in the air or? Any propulsion system? Did you see anything coming, like a trail or anything? I seemed to remember seeing like a white mist with it around it, but I can't say that there was anything electrical. Um, it was almost like it was, I don't want to say bubbles, but it was almost like there was some kind of a white mist following it because the colors were just so amazing. Wow. And it was like encircled in like a white mist and and then just shot right over us. And and I'm not kidding when I say that's how fast it was. It was above us and gone. And as we watched it leave, that was very quick. It was traveling, you know, it was like faster than a jet. When you see a jet go over, you see a jet and, and it goes, you know, a little bit, then a little more, right. then a little more, then it's gone. This was, so, you know, it wasn't, there was nothing little about the movement. I'm saying 35,000 miles an hour. It seemed like, you know, I mean, that's a guesstimate of course, but you know, right. Well, wow, that's but fast. Absolutely incredible to see something like that up close. Especially mm -hmm. with all them colors, you you don't really hear too many cases that have multiple colors in a craft like that. As many, you know, so yeah, that's, that's really neat that you've seen that, especially that up close. Very well, it cool. was completely different from any of the other ones I've seen. Right. See, that's a that's cool that it's it's kind of like for you in your own way. So it's pretty neat that that happened before you left. Very cool stuff. Um, I think that's a perfect way to end this ha the first half of the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these messages to talk about some maybe some of your MUFON cases and some, uh, some interesting stuff that's going on there. So we'll be right back after these messages.
All Things UFO Facebook group is now the official sponsor of UFO Encounters Worldwide. It's the place where I go to get my information. They have the latest UFO news with the best topics and run by amazing people. You go there and it's a group environment where you can share your stories with other people and get answers to the questions you need. Check them out today. That's All Things UFO Facebook group. I go there and you should too. Have you or someone you know had a UFO sighting and experienced some kind of electrical malfunction? Well, we have good news. We have started a project called Project Bat Tech 404. Battery technology and 404 stands for an error code you get with technology. You can report your UFO sighting that experienced electrical malfunctions at battech404researchmembers at gmail.com. You can also check out the official website, which explains all of our goals that we're looking to accomplish and how it's going to benefit the UFO community. This is a public project, so we also share the cases we have researched for the project. The website is projectbattech404.wordpress.com. Check it out today. And if you know somebody that has had an encounter, please email us so we can help the research and the data grow. Thank you. Gypsy Days, the new clothing line specializing in custom design with you in mind. So you can be groovy and carefree while at the same time looking out of this world. Handmade to fit your every need with the best indeed. Gypsy Days Clothing, coming soon. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peake, at ufoencountersworldwide at gmail.com today. Did you know UFO Encounters Worldwide has an official website for the podcast? That's right. You can go to ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com today and check out all of the cool content we have on the UFO phenomenon. You can get all of the content and information for each episode on the website. Plus, you can follow my travels and see some of my work. There's even new weekly updates on the UFO phenomenon with megalithic structures and different places from around the world with UFO sightings. That's ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Check it out today. All right, welcome back to the second half of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peake, and we're here with our special guest, Terry. So we were talking about some of your um, experiences before the break, um, and I was thinking maybe we could talk about some of the stuff you've been doing involved in MUFON, um, maybe some of your top cases or, or you know anything that you're doing that's uh, up to date today. Sure. Well, I'm not currently acting as a field investigator. Um, my certification for that kind of went on the back seat once I was involved with the board of directors. And 
so many things are going on within MUFON. There's there's a lot of different uh, irons in the fire, so to speak. So we're always looking at um, reaching out uh, to other um, newsworthy ufology centers like uh, KUFOS and Norfolk and, and many others. And of course, we're doing Project Aquarius. We're trying to bring yes. everything in yes. and be related with everybody so that we can be the biggest depository of information around the world. And that is happening. So we're quite pleased with that. And I'm working on that. And I'm also the director of memberships, which causes me to... Um, you know, be a little too busy to work the cases. Uh, when I was the state director for Florida, I would have many cases at one time, sometimes as many as 20. Wow. And uh, because, well, Florida was up there, you yes. know, they are a uh, very fun. popular state with uh, extraterrestrial involvement, not just sightings of UFOs, but also um, abduction experiences and, um, you know, people having uh, different things happening to them, you know, uh, because of being around a craft and things like that. So it was always a very busy month. We'd have 36 to 48, you know, reports a month where some of the other states were maybe six or 11 or nine, you know, or 13. But then Texas and California were always way up there with us as well with many experiences of varied, you know, types and, you know, working with the ERT and, uh, you know, it, keep, it would keep you so busy. So at this point, I am not actually doing cases. However, my son, who walked out the front door of our home here, we have an antebellum mansion in Tennessee, and uh, he walked to the front porch and there was one hovering in the sky above the trees and the minute that he walked out and made eye contact with it, it took off. Wow. So we're still having plenty of experiences here, even though we're in Tennessee. But Tennessee is a state that, as a rule, will have a few less than most of the other states. Now, you're in Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. Pennsylvania is usually uh, seventh in total sightings every month. So it's actually yeah. pretty busy up here as well. Yes. Well, I've noticed... Um, that lately we have increased our sightings probably 10 per state. You know, we are really having a lot of interactions lately, state by state, more so than we did maybe three or four years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think MUFON, especially with the, the UAP report that came out in June and all the social media and the mainstream media catching on to the, the phenomenon itself, I think it's encouraged a lot of people to come forward and tell their stories, especially for the first time. Um, I've been getting a lot of people reaching out to me and coming on the show, um, especially in the upcoming months that are going to be telling their stories for the first time. So I think it's brought a lot of people into reporting to move on and coming forward. Absolutely. We've had a huge impact of um, certified field investigators we have more certified field investigators right now in MUFON than we have ever had in the uh, 69 years that we've been, you know, a corporation. So uh, we have more members. We have more interested in ufology. We have more reports. 
it is amazing. We're living in some very interesting times right now. Everything has really amped up, and I personally expect it to super amp up this year and next year. I can see that uh, there's so much of an impact on people who were uh, previously not aware of us, and they are now. And MUFON is truly the gold standard in reporting. Nobody does the boots on the ground. Nobody does what we do and have done since 19, actually 1967. We started in 67, but it took us two years to get all of our 501c3 and all that. So we're noted as being here since 1969. But it started in 1967. And next, uh, well, actually this month, we're already in March. My goodness, time is flying. Um, <laughs> I will have John Schusler on United MUFON. And people do not want to miss that because John is just a wellspring of information. He is a founding member with MUFON. And he's been here from the beginning. It started out in his garage and a few other people gathered. And him and his wife worked constantly on what was coming in and they worked with pilots and uh, physicists and people that he was working with and you know he's he's had just such an interesting background and an impressive resume let me say that man is brilliant and so i i would hope people would get to know him and check him out on united move on um, if you don't mind me just putting in that little plug. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love John. He is one of the kindest, most genuine people I've ever met. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm going to definitely go myself and then get to know him a little more as well. Since I am a part of MUFON, it's great. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I definitely recommend people to jump in on that. Um, now, earlier you had mentioned Project Aquarius, which I've been trying to talk about and get that that out there to people um, because mm -hmm. it is going to be the largest searchable and translatable database. Um, mm -hmm. You said you said you uh, you mentioned a few organizations, but do you know who's all going to be involved with it? Well, we're collecting so many different, um, you know, as people pass away, they leave their information to us, the Stringfield files and uh, different ones, you know, I don't have in front of me everybody's collection that we have, but there are so many different organizations that have information and, and they don't do the boots on the ground like we do. They don't go out and um, do the investigations. So if we have these, we can then do that with their cases and you know, give us a much, much bigger um, understanding of what really took place and what happened and where, and add to that, that database so that we can see where these crafts are going, where the the extraterrestrials are, what they're doing. You know, we're we're really looking at that. We already know they're out there. We would like to see what they're doing and why they go to specific places, and you know why they're interacting in certain places all of the world so this is the you know one of the main reasons is to get better information so um I, like i said i don't have every single name of everybody that's involved in that but we are going around the world collecting different databases and that's what project aquarius is all about bringing them all together yeah absolutely i think it's a great thing and and they're supposed to be oh, yeah. doing a, a, an app for your phone right Yes, absolutely. Uh huh. And what, is, what does that consist of? Out, yeah, 
uh, um, actually Richard Beckwith and a couple other people at MUFON, Richard is on the board. Uh, he is working with people to uh, bring this app out. And I think that's just, I mean, that's just going to be a piezo resistance on ufology because that way you can see where things are happening and you can, you know, depending on where you live, it might be just down the street from you. You know, imagine that and, and you can, you know, follow it up and, and get information directly, locally. So we're really looking forward to that app coming out. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely great. And and I mean, everybody's using cell phones today, so that'll connect the entire world to move yep. on. Um, it sure will. And mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's absolutely amazing that that they're actually going to have an app finally. Um, it's excellent. So uh, with with since you've been in the field for so long and, and you're with MUFON and you've done investigations before, um, are there any major similarities that stick out about this phenomenon to you? Well, the the one similarity would be that each person that is, is having the experience is always befuddled by it. Nobody really interacts with the extraterrestrials while their experiences are happening to the degree that they can gain any real understanding of who they are and why they're here. And now that has just always befuddled me. Now, um, Barney and Betty um, of that, you know, the Barney and Betty Hill experience yes. um, that Kathleen Martin is associated with is one that was uh, really great because she was able to get that star map. Yeah. And that star map later on proved to be accurate. So most of my experiences, I'm being controlled. And in most of the experiences that people report to us, even the ERT, they're being controlled to a certain degree. And they're really not free to ask questions or touch anything or go off the beaten path that they're being brought to. So it's almost as if they are... Um, literally controlled throughout the process and then it's what they remember you know and then through regression therapy we can find out some of the things they didn't uh remember and you know to me it's just it's so interesting why we don't just hear one of the extraterrestrials say this is my name this is where i'm from this is why we're here you know uh this is when we'll be back and you can tell your government this. Right. We don't have absolutes. We don't have positives like that. And nobody has ever been able to say, could you leave a, uh, you know, dead alien with us? Could you give us something that we can take back and prove that this experience happened? Because many, many times, if it's not an implant or a scoop mark or something like that, it's just, it's just our testimony. And unfortunately, our testimonies aren't good enough. We're looking for absolutes, solids, you know, um, things that happen to us. And like even in my healing experience, I don't have anything other than being healed to show what happened to me. And that's not enough. Right. Yeah, so I completely agree. that's the one thing that runs true with all these experiencers. They don't come back with this, you know, this in their hands or a piece of paper or a book or an alphabet or something. 
to tie it into this is off world. This is not ours. This did not come from our planet. This came from somewhere else. And many people say that they t that uh, in their experiences, they tell them we're Palladians or we're Martians or we're this or we're that. Um, but again, it's testimony. Right. Yep. There's nothing to put in my hand to show me that this happened. Now, in Betty and Barney Hill's case, her dress had been ripped and she had a pink substance on it. Yes. That's saying something. Okay, that we can look at. And a lot of that happened uh, when the lab took it over. They said, we can't identify this. Right, right. Absolutely. That's the type of proof we're looking for. And even in some of the biggest cases, like maybe Travis Walton or somebody, or even my own, you know, we have what happened to us, what we saw, what they said, what they did, but um, he did not bring back anything that actually was given to him. So a few people have implants and uh, Dr. John Lear, who has passed, used to take those implants out. And he did say, these are made up, they're a compilation or an amalgamation of things that we do not have here. Right. And then some of them we do have here. Right. So depending on the amalgamation of what was in the implant, you know, and to me, that is proof yes. that something was given to us, you know, um, but this is what we need. And I have no idea really why they're not giving us what we need. Perhaps there has been some kind of a, um, what's the word? Like they've made a deal with our government. Right. Okay. I don't know that I want to believe that, that, you know, they would think so little of us individually, yeah. but that is a possibility. Okay. It is a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that our government does have dead, like Roswell, for example, do you think that they have debris and bodies? Absolutely. Okay. Um, besides, um, okay. Okay. That's interesting. Now I'm trying to think. So let's go down and think about um, Herb Shermer. That's another one of the cases that he was an experiencer. He was one of the first police officers to ever be abducted. Um, mm -hmm. while he was on duty, which was really cool. And he also was given a star map and drawn himself. I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with that case? Actually, no, I'm not. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote an article on it, um, but this happened in 1967, I think. So it was the year, same year, uh, MUFON was starting. Um, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a police officer. He was on duty. It was the first actual documented one of an officer being on duty. And when he was taken up, he was given a star map and they drew him the map and he bought it back and, and gave it as proof. Um, so it's a really interesting case, just like Betty and Barney Hill to look into. Um, so mm -hmm. definitely good evidence. And, uh, so have you dealt with people that have actually had implants before? Have you ever had any cases like that yourself? Well, I, there was a girl, uh, and I won't say who, um, but she did in Florida have an implant and it was removed and it disappeared. Really? Yep. It disappeared. She had it removed and, uh, asked for it. And then they came up with this, oh, well, gee, we don't know where, it, where it is. What happened to it? You know? And I thought, oh my goodness. And I had something in my ear and I was, uh, in nine, 
and let's see, that was 2000 and maybe 2011. And I was at a dinner table at a restaurant that had carpet, unfortunately, and um, something fell out of my ear and it clinked when it hit the when it hit the table, but I felt it leave my ear, clinked, hit the table. Three people said, what was that? And I said, I don't know, something fell out of my ear. I thought it was my earring and my earring was still in my ear. And I thought, well, what the heck came out of my ear? Wow. And, and we were all on the floor, literally looking for it. Oh my God. And it was, <laughs> we could not, we could not find it. We had the people um, close off the area where we were sitting in Florida and, um, the people that own the restaurant, I believe it was a Denny's and they would not let anybody near us because we didn't know where it had gone to, but uh, we never could recover it. Now, what did they think what, what you were looking for in Denny's when you were looking for it? Did you? Well, we told them, we said, we're with MUFON and the guy next to me, whom I barely knew. And then another guy next to him that heard the clink. And then my fiance was next to me. He heard it. And they all were like, what was that? And I said, I don't know. Something fell out of my ear. It was my earring. And we were looking first for my earring. And then I went, oh, my God, my earring's in my ear. You know, and so I'm like, oh, it wasn't the earring. Well, what was it? What did we hear? And I, we didn't know. But it rolled right out of my ear like it was a BB or something size. Wow. Hit the table and took off. <laughs> we don't that? know where. <laughs> but we did look everywhere. And I mean, there was probably five of us on our hands and knees down, you know, running our fingers through that carpet, which was a gross experience in a restaurant like that. Yeah, but, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it smelled horrible. But we couldn't find it. So I do know that people get them. And I do know that it's a reality. That is not fake when people tell you that, that you know, they do have something in there. Some people have had like a grain of rice um, in a leg or in a foot or in a hand. Right. You know, in weird places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've worked with a couple of experiencers from the ERT and, and I mean, they, they, they say they can actually have objects in their body and, neck and push them around underneath the yeah. skin. Um, it's, it's really interesting stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So you're a part of the MUFON star team as well. Can you explain to people what that is and what the job of that is? Well, we don't use it that often unless the star team actually has something in your area that they're looking at. And I, I have been deployed a couple times. So I have a go bag, you know, that I've created myself and purchased myself. And, um, and we all do that. That is on star team. It isn't anything that's given to us. We just absolutely, you know, we have a passion to do it. So we get out there and we purchase Geiger counters or, you know, EVPs and, and, you know, a lot of the same stuff you use in paranormal investigations, but, you know, um, that is what we do. We are the immediate boots on the ground when something happens and we'll go out into the field or into someone's home or depending on where the experience happened or what happened or what they saw. But it's usually um, some type of an abduction issue. Uh, and um, like I said, I've been on a few in Florida and uh, they're very interesting. People are traumatized. We have to deal with that deal with the family, help the family to understand, you know, what they're going through. But then we do our regular investigations. So um, we get samples as much as we can. And we do have a lab now, which is wonderful. Yes. It's in Missouri. Yes. 
Yes. And boy, I'm telling you, you just have no idea how helpful that is because we can send certain soil samples. If something looks like it has landed or something has burned, we can clip a piece of that, put it in a bottle and send it out. You know, so that is what the STAR team does. They triage the moment and we get there as quickly as we can. So it's always whoever lives closest that is on the STAR team would would be, you know, dispensed to go out and triage the, you know, the situation. Okay. So you got, it's mm -hmm. like a strike team in a way. And, and if I it got, is a strike team and uh -huh. you guys try to get out there within 24 hours, is that right? We do. We try to get out as soon as we hear, you know, as soon as somebody reports it and that's just it, somebody has to report something so that we do know. So that's why we say to people, if you think something has happened, get in touch with us, go to MoveOn.com right away, because those things don't sit around. Those get sent out right to the state's uh, state directors and the state directors will send them to their, their uh, star team members or go out themselves. Every director is pretty much a star team uh, member. Right. I think right. that's one of the verifications at this point now. So um, they'll take a, and, and, you know, we can take just certified FIs with us. And, and that person will probably end up being on the STAR team as well. But we can take the certified field investigators with us out to the um, wherever it is, the homes or the areas where we've had uh, a craft sighting landing or a um, extraterrestrial sighting, something like that. Okay. And, and then we try to do as much investigation immediately as possible and get it back to our lab you know, if there's something very credible. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, and there is that credibility thing. We have to make sure that what we're doing is, you know, is accurate and, and um, valid. Right. You know, we do have some hoaxes. I will say that I've been involved yes. in a couple of <laughs> things where we ran out and it was hoaxes. Um, and there was one in Penelope Park in, um, I'm sorry, Philippi Park. Yeah in uh, Clearwater that we ran up from St. Petersburg to, and then we found that it was just really a bunch of college kids that were teasing us. And that was a lot because boy, we were hustling it up there. It was about an hour and a half's drive for me one way. Oh, wow. And yeah, to get up there and find out that they were just putting up Mylar balloons and stuff like that. But we did get to the bottom of it and we got <laughs> to the bottom of it within about three hours. <laughs> nice. See, that's awesome. I love yeah. that, that we can do that, that they all, that MUFON trains us properly to be able to get to, to the bottom, even if it's not that 5% that we're looking for, you know? Um, right. So we it, can debunk it. Uh -huh. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, and I got my kids too. So if you're ever in Pennsylvania and need help, I'll, I'll be out there with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be wonderful. <laughs> absolutely. I got myself all ready to go. Um, so we got about a minute left. Um, do you want to tell everybody where they can follow you, um, where they can get a hold yeah, of you sure. at? Sure. If anybody ever wants to have a conversation with me, they can just contact me through D-O-M at MUFON.com. So that, that stands for that acronym is uh, Director of Membership. So it's DOM at MUFON.com. And if you want to go on um, United MUFON and uh, listen to us on the fourth Saturday of every single month, uh, just go to MUFON Meetings with an S, MUFONMeetings.com. And uh, sometimes I, ha I have enough time to get everything updated. Right now, I don't think I have John's information up, but John Schusler will be with us this month. I think it's the 26th of March. 
and at 2 p.m. That's central time, 2 p.m. So everybody has to make their differences, you know, with their time changes. Right. But um, and also we have um, this Sunday we are going to spring forward. So don't forget about your clocks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to remind everybody about that. <laughs> That'll make a difference too. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I really thank you for coming on today. I, I had an amazing conversation and I think the listeners will learn about a lot of what MUFON's doing and I uh, appreciate you sharing your experience here today. Oh, sure. Glad to do it. And thanks so much, Jesse, for having me. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And we'll definitely have you on again in the future. Um, get some updates about what's new and what's going on in the field. Yeah, lots is coming up. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm excited. Yeah, I a, promise you it'll be interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time to be in ufology for sure. It sure is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's going to be it for today's episode, everybody. And remember, today's episode was sponsored by All Things UFO Facebook Group and Gypsy Days Clothing Line. I hope you guys all enjoyed the episode today. And remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 41 of UFO Encounters Worldwide with your host, Jesse Peak. We had an amazing guest today who definitely taught me a lot, and I learned a lot from just speaking to her with this hour. We'll definitely have her back on to speak in the future to keep updated on what's going on with MUFON and her own experiences that she's having. Also, next week, we are going to have Leonard Daver. David. He is the writer for Space News. He's been in the field for over 40 years and is very knowledgeable about what's going on in the UAP situation and in space itself. So we'll be talking to him and learning about everything that he's uh, doing right now in the field. And it'll be a great thing and we'll learn a lot from him for sure. Um, I will see you guys all next week and hope you enjoyed today's show. And as we always say, keep your eyes in the sky. <laughs>